1: Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier Podcast. As always, it's your boy, Mac. Joining me today is my friend and co-host, Corey Walsh of Fearless Sword. Corey, my brother from another mother, how are you
0: doing today? I'm doing great. We're one day away from Cavaliers basketball. That doesn't have to be shown in like a Cavs social media account channel. So I'm excited.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, no more highlights. We get sort of the real thing tomorrow, right? And as of recording, as, uh, as of tonight, I... I'm ecstatic, man. We've been talking so much Cavs basketball and we haven't really had anything to go off of outside of highlights and Cavs Media Day. So um, you know, my God, we're almost we're almost there. We're almost at the real thing. Um, the Cavs take on the Philadelphia 76ers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, a team in which they went 0 and four. Oh, goody. 0 and four against the last season.
0: I'm hoping that changes, but uh Still some very tough competition there, man. A low bar to surpass this year for this year's rendition of the Cavaliers. Just win one game (laughs) against Philly, and it's an improvement for us. That is quite the low bar. But uh, this
1: preseason action does not come without a bit of bad news, as we all are aware by now. Evan Mobley will miss a few weeks. Our sweet, sweet prince. (laughs) (laughs) With a right ankle sprain after coming down on somebody's foot after practice. I want to know. I want to know who did this. It was definitely Karis Levert. (laughs) Can you confirm that?
0: My uh, spies from inside the organization are telling me that it's Karis Levert and he will be shipped out to the Lakers for their two second, first round picks they've been dangling around. Yeah, go ahead and bring LeBron home, right? Perfect. No, we can just let Karis go. (laughs) It's LeBron's Uh, problem
1: now. Obviously, we have to make light of this. Um, definitely something. It's a bit of a bummer, but I'm going to put a bit of a positive spin on this. Uh, just because, you know, that's what we do here. We're we're, we're generally positive. So just a couple of things to, to take away and remind you guys of. One, this did not occur during the regular season. That's one. So that's definitely helpful. We know the injury woes of this team had last season. This is not the time to... You know, signal all of the uh, <laughs> all the alarms, sound the alarms, and whatnot. This is not time for the injuries to pile up. That's not happening. If this happened in the preseason. We're going to be okay. The next thing is that this does allow the, the the team to further evaluate some of the backup bigs on the roster and their fit. You know, alongside some of the starters, um, some guys like Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, Robin Lopez, even Isaiah Mobley. Um, some of these guys can really benefit from the added opportunities they're about to get in preseason. So, you know, we could also see some small ball caps. We could also, you know, the inverse of what we had last year with Talbot. we could see some small ball lineups in preseason. So, Corey, let me just ask you this, man. When you first saw this news drop, how did you feel?
0: Not surprised. <laughs> you know, there's just so much good karma heading in the Cavs energy. You knew just something had to come and uh, balance it out because, you know, it's a give and take in life. And you can't have all these great things coming to Cleveland without something to remind you that, hey, this is the, the town of Cleveland we're talking about. And bad things are expected to happen at some point. So, uh, yeah, the, you know, but this is not the worst case scenario. Like I kind of view it as us getting the injury bug out of the way quickly. And if it has to be an Evan Mobley out for the majority of preseason, then that I will take that any day of the week versus Evan Mobley missing impactful games. As long as this ankle injury doesn't carry over as a recurring issue throughout the year, hopefully they just rest in the amount that he needs and don't rush him back. Even if he has to like miss the first week or so of the regular season, I would still be fine. I just don't want a situation in which we're too eager because we want to show people what this lineup is capable of. So, it's just uh, keep it slow and steady. Let's not get too eager. Keep it simple, stupid, right? <laughs> so, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, we don't want this guy to rush back. We know how persistent some of these ankle injuries can be. Some of these sprains can be. It's something that can linger throughout the duration of a season if you don't give it ample time to, to heal up, um, especially with big men. Uh, it's just one of those things that you always kind of want to be aware of and and manage. And I think Cleveland this season, as opposed to last year, is much better suited uh, to kind of handle, facilitate some of these guys, you know, taking some some breathers, getting some rest uh, with the addition of Robin Lopez and Isaiah Mobley. Um, I, I really, truly believe in having a healthy Dean Wade back. Um, I, I, I truly believe that they're in a much better spot to begin the season. If they want to give some some guys some breathers, and if you want to take things cautiously with Evan Mobley, by all means, you better fucking do it because this is one of the cornerstones of our roster here, and uh, you know we we don't want to start the season off on the wrong foot. So, Evan Mobley, take as much time as you need. That's all I'm trying
0: to say if Evan Mobley was to miss like the first week of the season, Mac, who would you want the starting five to be on the opening tip? So
1: if that was, uh, the scenario that I was presented with, obviously, you know, nothing changes with the backcourt and Darius Garland and, um, uh, Donovan Mitchell, nothing changes there. We, we already had questions in regards to who the starting three is, but if I got a pencil, somebody in there as of right now, it's Isaac who We've heard a lot of big things about this, uh, this training camp uh, and off season about some of the work that he's put in. Um, JB actually commented on, you know, kind of the fact that they, he feels that they put him in a box last season, which I think that's not really, uh, we're not blind here. We all, we all could see that he was just standing around in the corner sometimes and they, they, they did tend to kind of limit what he did. Um, Hopefully that changes. So I'm going to slot him into three because I feel like he's the, probably the best compliment to what they need from a defensive standpoint and if he can give you um decent shot making from range uh maybe three to four attempts uh you know a game i'm okay with that as long as he converts at 35 percent up um at the four the big question with evan being out it's gonna come down to probably kevin love um and dean wade for me and i'd probably give dean wade the edge because i feel like Uh, Kevin Love still needs to anchor that second unit. I feel like that's just where he needs to be right now. Um, And I get it. I I get it. Kevin Love has started in the past. He has the most experience there uh, starting at that position, and he would be okay. Uh, But from a defensive standpoint, we know the liability that Kevin can be, and I kind of feel like you want to see what you have in Dean Wade, and this is a perfect opportunity to do that. We're already talking about Dean Wade playing at the three, but we know and we have seen Dean Wade suit up at the four. So I'm going to give it to uh, to Dean Wade. And at center, you know, you have Jared Allen. What about you?
0: Uh, I probably I if it was I would rather it be a Coro at the starting three in this situation. But because of that, I would feel more open to Kevin Love being the starting four. Just because, like, because if it was Karis, I wouldn't want I would want Dean Wade. It's kind of like. I need to complement the offense with some defense for either set. So Karras being more offensive and not, I don't want three defensive liabilities and then throwing in Kevin Love, with so Jared Allen basically has to carry all the defensive work on his shoulders. So if it's Isaac Okoro to play the defensive role in that, uh, backcourt, then I would rather it be Kevin love for more of that ability to stretch the floor because we're kind of giving that up with Isaac being on the floor. But if it was Karras, then Dean Wade would make a lot more sense because he's more defensive. He has a better defensive sense at the four, and he can stretch the floor somewhat. So it's like kind of a little bit of both. But Dean Wade's like kind of the equivalent of like good at many things, but master of none type thing where he's just going to kind of be the equalizer to the rotation, whereas Kevin Love, you know you're going to get maximum offensive effort and uh, not so much on the defensive side. <laughs> yeah, he just you – know, Kevin Love
1: has never been what you could call a lockdown defender. but Except you know, on Steph it, Curry. Yeah, well, you know, I won't ever discount that. That does not get <laughs> enough respect. Um, his defense that he played on those final possessions really in that game was uh, – in game seven, I believe, was one of the key – determining factors in winning that title but uh we know for the 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 really the large sum of his career what he is defensively so but you make I a studied. lot of good points <laughs> you make some great points i think you you do kind of have to a lot of what you do at the three might determine what you do at the four um if you're going to kind of give and take here a little bit i can definitely see that so if kevin love does start i'm not going to be pissed off about it i just um I wonder when it gets to that second unit, and I know when in terms of the preseason, it's less of a concern because you're already trying to evaluate where guys fit in. Um, In terms of the preseason, it's okay, uh, whatever happens. Now, if Evan Mobley ends up missing the first week or two of the regular season and you're starting Kevin Love, well, you better get maximum effort out of whoever's at that three. Because you know Jared Allen's going to bring it defensively along with some, the pick and roll game and you know a lot in the lob threat that he is. And you know what Darius Garland and um and Donovan Mitchell are gonna bring to the table. So I, I really feel at that point the three has to be has to take themselves out of that weakly uh weak link territory, which we already know that that is already gonna be the weak leak, uh the weak link of the uh starting five.
0: Yeah, with um with Karis Levert. If he, the reason I feel fine with Kevin Love being the starting four, if it's uh, either Coros, because I feel like Karis could then take that spark plug off the bench roll. And the way that I kind of look at it now is that last year, we really only had one dynamic guard. And I feel like they want to kind of go back to what they were doing with Darius and Colin, where one of them is going to be on the floor pretty much at all times. So I'm not as concerned that off the offense will fall off a cliff. If we don't have like a locked in six man, because e- the one of Darius or Donovan is always gonna pretty much be on the floor, I feel like, mm-hmm. with very few minutes where it's just gonna be the Howell Netto show. <laughs> and uh, even so, I feel like they're always gonna be complimented by either Karis or Kevin offensively. So I'm not super worried that Kevin Love has to be another six man of the year finalist, as nice as that would be in order for our bench to have life. And I don't feel like we're really super dependent anymore on Jetty Osmond playing out of his mind one game, and then playing like he hasn't touched a basketball in eight months another night. <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to this team, it it's it
1: kind of you never truly know what you're going to get in regards to the the second unit. I feel like anybody on any any given night can experience some type of good night, and Kevin Love just happened to be that guy, with the most consistency. Last season uh, prior to the Ricky Rubio injury, I don't think we're actually talking about Kevin love for six man of the year. I think it's Ricky Rubio and in his spot with everything he was able to accomplish with the team in his uh, short time. I think he only played 34 games last season with the Cavs. I could be wrong, uh, but the point still stands. Uh, Ricky Rubio really was like the, 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 the true orchestrator of that second unit when healthy um, this year, um, with with Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Karis LeVert and How Neto to begin the season. I'm not really concerned just like you about the, uh, the 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 primary ball handler, the guys who are capable of playing point. And if things get really dire, you can technically play RJ Nimhard, at the we don't point. have to. <laughs> well, you don't have to, but it's it's it, as in that two-way spot. You could if you need him if anything gets if the injuries really start to pile up, you know, fingers crossed they don't. But what I'm really concerned and what this injury has really kind of brought, it was in the back of my mind already, but what, what it really did was bring to the forefront. I still would like this team to do something and bring in another big to kind of shore up that depth. Cause we know that they have um, an open roster spot. We know that things are going to be able to, uh, there's going to be some movement at some point during the season. It's inevitable. Uh, but after you heard about this injury, um, did it make you feel it any way that the Cavs could potentially – that this would potentially necessitate some type of move?
0: Um, not necessarily. I still feel like the Cavs are going to kind of see how this – small forward position kind of falls out throughout the first few weeks of the season, seeing if someone clearly emerges as a viable option, but if no one seems that reliable night to night, then they're probably going to pull the trigger on some veteran on expiring or something to kind of shore that up heading into the postseason. I feel pretty confident overall with our uh, bigs on this roster. I think Robin Lopez provides a lot of, uh, just stable play night to night. And we have Kevin and Dean Wade as well. And Isaiah Mobley, if like break glass for emergency type play when needed. So I don't necessarily think that the Cavs are going to jump to fill that uh, spot with a big man. I still feel like that's just a small forward waiting to happen.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying that the team should go out and blow their roster up. I'm not saying they really should do anything at all. Uh, but for me, you know, just looking at what occurred last season with Jared Allen and you know Evan Mobley missing significant stretches at certain points, um, and really only truly having a reliable option at least at the center in Robin Lopez, um, it it would make me feel a little bit better to grab maybe some veteran. I mean, hell, Khalifa Diop, really anybody uh, to 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 have in the stable in, in that fifteenth spot um, because everybody they brought in as a training camp invite, <laughs> um, I just don't see any of them sticking outside oh, of a two-way. You.
0: How dare you? Sharif Cooper is about to light the league up.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we talked about him a little bit last episode. <laughs> I feel like his most likely scenario to make the roster is if RJ Nimhart's contract gets converted or I, really either one of the two ways get converted and it opens up a, the uh, one of the two ways. That's perfectly possible. They could opt to, with this occurring, they could opt to convert Isaiah Mobley's deal and mm-hmm. – uh, sign Sharif Cooper. Who knows? Uh it's bring Luke Travers
0: career. in. <laughs> I want it's him time. to
1: season. I want him to season at least for one more year over in the NBL, But um <laughs> I liked his game.
0: We know we we know what he can bring to the table. If his jersey was available on Cavs.com, that'd be the jersey I'd buy. he's gonna become the new Delhi, huh? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: one of those one of those types of uh you know folk heroes here. <laughs> those <Cleveland>. all seas. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that X team <laughs> That was my Australian attempt. Oh man that's not bad not bad at all Um, So you know to kind of Turn things around here if Evan Mobley Is back for the Start of the season Who is your because I think We just recently seen that JB Bickerstaff is likely to Start the season out with a 10 man rotation Who is in your 10 man Rotation if Evan Mobley is Healthy in game one
0: uh, so my starting five would, st- I haven't budged off Dean Wade for the three campaign. Uh, it's, so it's the, the star backcourt, the star front court and, uh, my boy Dean and then six man, Kevin, then Howell Neto, uh, Isaac Okoro, That's Karis eight, LeVert, nine. And, uh, I'd probably give it to Lamar. Honestly. Lamar over Jetty. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't see a world in which who's I your odd it? man out? Is Jetty your odd man out? No, my odd man out is Rolo. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So and I'm Windler, not mad at that. It's like between Jetty and Windler, it's just like pick your poison on your night. Like, what would you like? Would you like more um, stable play, but it's gonna be like a five, two and two stat line from Windler, or do you want Jetty to maybe go off for 16, but also run with his head cut off for like half the night defensively? Oh man, that's actually a very
1: good point. Um, If I, you know, I guess I'll go ahead and run through my 10 real quick, but I'll get to that in a second. So much like yours, you know, star front court, star back court, nothing changes there. My starter at the three is Isaac Okoro by a thin margin right now. My sixth man, is Kevin Love with no healthy Rubio? You have Karis LeVert as your seventh. You have <clears throat> Dean Wade. Dean Wade factors in there as the eighth man. Ninth man is likely to be Lamar Stevens. And number 10 is where this thing all I feel like I'm forgetting a name here. I am Al uh, Nettle. Yeah, Al Nettle. Would- El Neto has to be in the rotation to start the season. So that's your ten. Odd man out for me is Dylan Windler because I really am starting to come back around on Dylan Windler. I I like what I'm hearing. He he appears healthy. He appears confident. And to, uh, to his credit, he's worked hard. You know, fought through a lot of adversity. And I, I feel like if there is anybody who is due for a breakout on this team, all you know, how be it, uh, however small it is, um, it's him. I really feel like he's worked hard to to finally get to a place where he can confidently take a step forward without having to um, worry about injuries. Because I feel like since he entered the league, that's all this man has ever done is is rehab.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. um, you know, at least at this part of the season. So that's that's the odd man out.
0: Um, if you had to think of. Which one of these two players is more likely to earn a spot in the 10 man rotation? Jetty or Windler? Keeping in mind it's JP that holds the the keys for this rotation. Who do you think by like mid season is regularly seeing like sprinkles of minutes? Dylan. I feel yeah. like we have seen the Jetty Osman experience
1: too many times. We have seen a lot of guys like Jetty Osman over the years who can who can flamethrow you know inconsistently who can put up points and and bunches if you need a guy who can go out there if you're losing a game you know and, and you need some quick baskets there's nothing wrong with throwing Jetty Osman out there because we know what he can do he
0: can hit the three ball is jetty osman like a a player archetype like nick young in your yes. opinion yes uh, that's i have not
1: heard anybody actually say that but that's not a bad comparison uh, because we He's know Turkish.
0: Nick Young, <laughs>
1: Swaggy P, we know <laughs> Swaggy, Swaggy Jetty. <laughs> we know what Swaggy P can do. He's a flamethrower. That's what he was most known for. Uh, Jetty Osman has always been inconsistent. I feel like Nick Young was the same way, especially in the earlier points of his career. Um, so, to into your question, Dylan, I feel like Dylan does earn a spot eventually as a spot up, you know, um, spot up shooter who can actually defend and rebound. Two things that Jetty uh, uh, struggles at you know, <laughs> on his best uh, his best days, and his worst
0: <laughs> by a <laughs> decent amount.
1: I'm sorry, Jetty. I, you know, I point Jetty. You know, I've always, I've always held him near and dear to my heart. But I've, if I had to choose between the two, I want to give the guy who still has some pedigree an opportunity. His last wow. opportunity.
0: <laughs> I'll always remember Jetty fondly for the chest bumps with LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man. Um, uh, uh really uh, just a lot to, to, to be excited about this off season and a lot of storylines and Dylan Windler, and, you know, and Jetty Osmond and what happens to those two are is definitely going to be one to track, uh, throughout this season. So, uh, Man, we recently just saw also that the NBA conducted several polls, uh, including which team had the most promising young core. And guess who ranked number one? Your Cleveland Cavaliers, ladies and gentlemen. The Cavs garnered (laughs) 41% of the first place vote, followed by Sacramento second. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think Memphis was actually number two with 38%. And – The Detroit Pistons with Cade Cunningham and company at 10%. So, Corey, I don't want to be a homer here, but was there really any other option that they could have picked uh, other than Cleveland? Because you got Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Donovan Mitchell. They're all under 27, and three of them have already made an all-star game. Is there anybody else they could have
0: really picked realistically? I am kind of shocked that how Golden State didn't garner more votes. They're not young, promising young cores. Yeah, but they have young pieces that are super interesting. Like Kuminga, Poole, what and Wiseman are all interesting.
1: Ahead of them are Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green.
0: Uh yeah, you wait till this year. All right. <laughs> I uh no, it's just more I'm surprised they didn't like kind of split up the vote more. The between in my opinion, it's still just between Memphis and Cleveland were like the two that would have been in contention. And now that Donovan Mitchell's in the mix, it's just all it takes to like boosted to the next level. I honestly feel like if Donovan Mitchell wasn't there, they probably would have picked Memphis over the Cavs, honestly. I wouldn't have been mad at
1: them if that had been the case because Memphis is actually done Between it. Ja
0: and Bain, like the media love that like they have for those two alone, like sends them to a whole new stratosphere. I don't think Garland and Mobley garner that same level of affection from the media just because they're not like such uh, big personalities that grab headlines. You know, they're more subtle guys. That and
1: their games are not, like, um, they're not based on highlight reel dunks, like, you know, John Moran. John Moran can do a little bit of everything, so I'm not downplaying him at all. And like I said, Memphis has actually experienced more success as of late than than Cleveland has. But uh, even with that said, there was, in my opinion, no other... Oh, I wasn't saying
0: that Golden State should have won the vote, Mac. That's I was what it sounded like. I just to be, thought Corey. they should have got votes over I I'll would have probably, I would have said it over Detroit.
1: Oh, don't let them get off that easy, guys. Give Corey a hard time about that one. <laughs> when you listen to
0: this, i was, I led saying I wish it was Sacramento. <laughs> Who doesn't love the promise that white chocolate Kevin Herter oh, red my velvet should
1: have? Not red velvet and uh <laughs> Mike Brown over there, right? So, yeah. <laughs> oh man um, No, I mean the NBA is in a good place right now With these, you know, these young cores Cleveland just got the boost from Donovan Mitchell um, There's just so much excitement here And with excitement obviously comes some expectations I hope that Cleveland is, you know Able to, um, you know, prove the voters right on that and, and, and do something with this season As we all expect them to um, The Cavs really actually did really well in these polls. Um, they selected Donovan Mitchell as the player acquisition that would make the biggest impact over Rudy Gobert by a pretty wide margin. Shocking. Um <laughs> the Cavs were chosen as the team who made the best overall moves this offseason. Hell yeah. Evan Mobley was voted as the player <laughs> to most likely experience a breakout, which to me is like I don't know, man, because he had a
0: what really- defines a breakout? <laughs>
1: That's what I'm trying to say. Like I he had a really fucking good rookie season. Although he didn't win rookie of the year, I think like Rob. the the next step for him, like a big breakout would constitute uh defensive player of the year, right? Defensive player mm-hmm. of the year type of leap, all star like type of leap. 15
0: points per game, ten plus rebounds a game. But on this team, can he
1: get to that statistically?
0: I feel like he's in store for like a fifteen and ten.
1: Same type of years last season. A little bit more rebounding. Um, probably the same amount of points. Maybe one more point. <laughs> yeah. Of Let's not back. push it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, just being real, like I don't know if that will be achievable from a statistical standpoint. But on the defensive end, the impact there—if he can be in the discussion for defensive player of the year—I think you can definitely put him in there for like a um, a breakout.
0: It so. all really depends if Mobley can uh, if his offseason development helped his pick and roll ability, because I felt like when Jared Allen was out, we really lost that aspect of our offense with Mobley because he just isn't the same type of presence down low that Jared Allen was in that alley-oop threat. He was more of a connective tissue player off the, con- the pick and roll, and he didn't really, he mastered like, being a finisher on those. But if, as long as he's out there with, uh, Mitchell or Garland then then I could see a road map for him like improving his points per game a significant amount but unless that happens i I probably would see a world in which Jared Allen probably scores more points per game
1: yeah, because we know one thing about Jared Allen, and that's that Jared Allen knows his place. He knows his role. You know where his bread is buttered, and that is in the pick and roll game as a lob threat and a bunch of putbacks, which he should have the opportunity. Really both of them should have the opportunity. Um we, we figure that Evan Mobley is probably gonna see his fair share of minutes at the backup five, playing with some with some of the starters, some type of combination of them. So um, really, a breakout is possible, but I don't know if it results in like a, um, a most improved player type of scenario. It's it, it might be tough, um, but a lot of people really like his chances to be in that defensive player of the year discussion, and you know we're two of them. So, hopefully, that continues. They were picked sixth, or they were picked to finish sixth in the East, which is a little low for my taste, but it's still playoff team nonetheless. Something they haven't been able to say in the last couple of seasons. That sounds like
0: defeatist talk, Mac. That's not what we're about. We're a top four seed, (laughs) damn
1: it. (laughs) When we asked, when we when we talked about this uh, this last episode, I think we both ranked them around like four or five. 4-5 mm-hmm. territory, which is, I think, perfectly reasonable for a team who hasn't accomplished anything outside of a playing game yet.
0: Yeah, well, now that I saw Ben Simmons' free throws last night, I am confident that we're uh, competitive. <laughs> was it that bad? I didn't get to catch that. You should watch his turnaround jumper from the baseline. That was pretty dynamic to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, there's preseason basketball
1: going on all around town. I'm not going to act like I haven't watched uh, Utah in good old friends. Colin Sexton. Yeah, you watched Colin
0: get absolutely harassed by his defender yesterday. (laughs) That was insane. Oh, man. Poor Colin and Lowry. Lowry actually had probably the better game, obviously, of the bunch. We didn't get to see El Chai, did we? No, I don't think so. But Lowry looks like Euro Lowry, which means we gave up Michael Jordan. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the second coming of Larry Bird, finished Bird, gone. Damn you, Kobe. Yeah, why would you get rid of him right as he was
1: about to bloom? <laughs> oh, man, I wish those guys the best. Um, a lot of people really think kind of lowly of the – Uh, of the jazz chance this year. And I don't know if that's more of wanting them. Like if you're a Utah fan, do you want Utah to suck this
0: year? Like you have so many draft picks. You have so many darts that you can be good and still have a ton of picks like on the table, but they're not going to necessarily be high picks because they're from two teams that got really good players. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think they they can
1: legitimately win like 25, 30 games, in my opinion. With like, I mean, they still have. <laughs> wow. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I mean, considering. Sign me up. <laughs> dude, we're talking about a team who has like been a perennial playoff team the last couple of seasons. And then when you look at Cleveland over the last couple of years, outside of last season, winning 19 and 22 games. And so 30 games ain't that bad for building team.
0: I also don't think a lot of the players suiting up for the Jazz on opening tip are going to be there by the end. Probably not. No so. Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> yeah, Jordan. There's probably the a game. chance that Beasley, Sexton, or Lowry probably isn't there either. <sighs> One of the three probably won't be there. There's just too much of a log jam right now at various positions, mostly at shooting guard. So not Lowry.
1: But, yeah, I think
0: I think Holland stays. They just gave him a deal. I think he ends up. I think up. it's Yeah Probably the one who's going to get shipped out, but one of those three is probably going to go just because, like, I don't think they want to pay these level of contracts for a team that Mac very positively said is going to go <laughs> 25, twenty-five win season. I'm a positive guy.
1: What can I say? I mean, Gas fans,
0: don't worry, it's all right. You're going to be a thirty-win team, so you're going to have a really <laughs> shitty draft pick, and but don't worry because it's a good season.
1: Hey, I love y'all. <laughs> I love y'all. So um, I hope I, I really am rooting for the guys who got traded, um, you know, and and Colin and Lowry and no chai who sadly never got to suit up in a game in wine and gold.
0: <laughs> the Andrew Wiggins effect. Yes,
1: it, it's real. It's real. Oh, man. But we are a Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. So enough about the jazz. Um all I can really say, man, is that I'm, I'm really, really excited for preseason action to start. I'm ready to see some of these questions that we have still left to be answered. Finally, have some type of answer to them. I mean, I know that's not necessarily going to come in the preseason, but damn it, we get to see the Cavs play basketball. We get so. to
0: see what kind of weird rotations we're gonna try to use to figure out who the hell the three is gonna be to start the season. Rolo. <laughs> it's gonna be Rolo. Oh dude, tall ball player. unleashed. Let's get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that guy's hook shots, man. He's he's got some some
0: really weird he's got some weirdness to his game, but I love it. If you want to have a really good time you should uh, go on youtube and look up all oh, robin lopez three-point makes because ah, they're wild <laughs> <This is> like <laughs> it's like a three and a half minute video and they are chef's kiss to say the least go check it out uh it's not my video but i plug it as if it is <laughs>
1: Oh, guys, the NBA is really finally showing the Cleveland Cavaliers some respect, and it's high time the Cavs go out there and continue to let the world know that we're coming for that ass, and sooner or later, we're coming for a title.
0: <laughs> Damn, horny Mac on the pod. <laughs> All
1: right, guys. now just have a good night. Have a wine and gold night. Go
0: Cavs.